thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. You may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. the top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome to Jesus the Healer. We're so glad to have you with us. I tell you what, it's an honor to minister to you. And so we appreciate this time. It's so precious to us to share the word with you. God's been directing us to teach on the mind and we've been doing that for weeks now. And I tell you what, you just never run out of what to say and what to minister on because it's such a vast subject that affects so much, right? And I so appreciate uh, the golden text that we've taken, which is 2 Timothy chapter 1. So turn with me, if you would, in your Bible. And I say this, attach your faith to the word that you hear today. You know, it's not enough to hear it. You have to attach your faith to what's being said. In the book of Hebrews, it records about the Hebrews that were delivered out of Egypt. It said that the word was preached unto them as well as unto us, Mm -hmm. but it did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Mm -hmm. So the word has to have something mixed into it, Mm -hmm. your faith. And so uh, as as you listen today... Take it into your heart, but also mix your faith in with it. Amen. Make it yours. Second uh, Timothy chapter one and verse seven is our golden verse that we've been referring to. It reads, "For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but what has He given us? He's given us power or authority. What to use against the spirit of fear? He's also given us love, the God kind of love." How many of you know that the word says that perfect love casts out fear? So the next thing it says that God's already given us is a sound mind. And I tell you what, that is part of our blessed inheritance in Christ. Not just healing belongs to us or prosperity or victory belongs to us, but a sound mind belongs to us. We have to know how to be skillful with that sound mind. Now to keep your mind in the flow of soundness, you have to use your authority. I guarantee you, if you fail to exercise your authority over opposition, that the opposition will sway you out of soundness into unsoundness. So we have to become skillful with our authority. And that's why today we're going to talk a little bit about our authority and where it came from. Because when we understand these things, we won't lay them down. Amen. Second Corinthians in chapter 4 and verse 4 Uh, uses this phrase, Paul used it, calling Satan the God of this world, a little g. He called him the God of this world. So we think, well, that was not God's original intent. How did he become the God of this world? Well, we have to go back to Genesis in chapter 1. And when God created man in, in, in Adam and he spoke to him and he said, subdue the earth and have dominion. So notice this, as the God, really Adam was the God of this world. Why? Because he had dominion. 
you see. And so whoever has dominion, they're in charge, right? right? So when Adam sinned, not only did man break, did it break fellowship with God and now sin comes into the picture. And really what comes in, the nature of the devil comes into man, not the nature of God now. The nature of the devil comes into man. And not only that, man lost his authority. Satan, he turned, Adam turned over the authority that God had assigned him and he turned it over to Satan when he obeyed Satan. Listen, the one that's, in, the one that, that's obeyed is the one that's in charge. Yeah. That's right. So he obeyed Satan, so he turned over his authority to him. And I love something that my husband, when he preaches about how when Jesus came and he, my husband would preach about how Jesus came and defeated Satan, one of the things he would say, he got our authority back, but we also got our saying back. Amen. Amen. God got his man back and man got his authority back. God got his man back and, and man got his saying back. Amen. Now, uh, that's why Satan no longer has authority over us. Now, if you're going to walk in a sound mind, you have to understand that. And you have to be skillful and quick to exercise your authority. I love something Smith Wigglesworth would say. He said, every day I exercise myself in faith and authority. What's he mean? Every day I release my faith and every day I walk in my authority. What's that mean? He forbids things. He forbids things. That's not happening. Or with his authority, he calls things. Amen. And so I want us to read in Colossians chapter 2 in verse 15. Well, actually, before we read that, I want to say this. Um, is that in the Old Testament, you understand, you never saw anybody rebuking the devil. The Old Testament patriarchs and saints of old, that, that isn't recorded. Why? Because they didn't have their authority back yet. Now, God would, as, as long as they would obey his covenant, they stayed under the protection of that covenant and they would be kept safe. But under the New Testament, we have the authority that they didn't have because, see, Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. Under the Old Covenant, that hadn't happened. They did not, under the Old Covenant, have the same understanding about the devil and the role the devil was playing in the affairs of men. That's why God didn't give them the revelation yet. They didn't have the authority yet to deal with him. So he didn't expose the enemy's workings the same as he did to the church the new, under the new covenant because now we have the authority. So God reveals Satan and his moving in a whole different way to the new te- under the New Testament covenant, uh, under the new covenant rather, because we have the authority now. Amen. Yeah. Under the new covenant, we don't permit it. We don't have to wait for God to do something. We're authorized to do something. Where do we see this? Well, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, and I'm going to read out of the King James translation. It says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them. Jesus made a show of them, openly triumphing over them in it, in the cross, you see. The Amplified says, The Amplified Classic says that God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him or in Jesus and in it, the cross. Now, Ephesians chapter 1, and I want us to take some time and read a few scriptures here. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 20. 
And this is the King James. It says in, uh, just starting in the middle part of verse 20, and he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. I like this next word, far, (laughs) far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Now listen to that. Why did he name that far above all principality, power, might, and dominion? Not only are those, uh, not, not only are those uh, rankings of demons, but he's showing every one of those rankings opposed Jesus being raised. It wasn't just Satan trying to hold him back. Principalities, powers, might, dominion, they all opposed him being raised. And Jesus was raised far above them, meaning they were no contest. You understand that? No contest. This was no close fight. This was an obliteration, (laughs) right? Far above all principality, far above all power, far above all might, far above all dominion. And, and every name, far above every name that is named, not only in this world, but in all, also in that which is to come. Verse 22, and hath put all things under his feet. Now, how many of you know that the feet are in the body? The feet aren't in the head. That's right. That's right. The feet are in the body. Jesus is the head. We are the body of Christ. So when it says he's put all things under his feet, we could say this, he's put all things under his body. Right? That's us. He's put all things under, under his feet and gave him to be the head. God made Jesus the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now I'm going to read out of Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse, verse 4 and go through verse 6. And this is again is the King James translation. But God who is rich in mercy, means he never runs out. God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us or made us alive together with Christ. By grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together. With who? With Christ. And made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Listen, we share the same seat that that Jesus is in, the same seat of authority that is his, that's our seat. Isn't that amazing? It's thrilling, amen. What's this mean? Man got his authority back. Man got it back. And in that authority is the authority of words, the authority of speaking, the authority of, of resistance, the authority of calling. Amen. And so uh, God raised up Jesus to the, for this, for our benefit. Listen, Jesus was already above. We were the ones who weren't. So the price was paid for our benefit. Amen. Hallelujah. So we occupy a seat that is far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. We're far above. Listen, far above, it doesn't mean even a close second. They are not even a close second. We are so far above. What's that mean? Our life should represent that we're far above. We're not barely making it through opposition, barely making it through test. It's not fitting that we're barely making it when we're so far above it all. Amen. 
I love, when you understand how far above you are, you are so unimpressed by opposition. You quit giving it much notice and recognition. I, one of my favorite stories that is something that happened with Smith Wigglesworth. Now, Smith Wigglesworth, many of you will uh, have read after him, but some of you may not know who he is. He was an English preacher that his ministry was on the forefront in the first half of the 1900s. And uh, one night, I mean, he was a man of the word and a man of the spirit. And one night he went to bed and he was awakened in the middle of the night because he sensed an evil presence in the room. And he woke up and he rolled over in his bed. And when he rolled over to the one side of the bed, Satan in manifested form was sitting on the side of the bed. Not just a a feeling, but in manifested form was sitting on the side of the bed. And I love this. When Smith Wigglesworth rolled over and saw him in that manifested form, he resisted him. But you know what his resisting sounded like? Oh, it's just you. (laughs) And then he rolled back over and went to sleep. Isn't that faith? Yes, that's faith. That is the rest of faith. He was in such total certainty and assurance and knowledge and skill with his authority that when he saw someone the enemy who is so far beneath him. See, he didn't treat him as an equal. He treated him as far beneath him. He didn't even give him the recognition that others would have showered the devil with. He didn't even get his notice. He said, oh, it's just you. Isn't that resisting? That's resisting, right? He said, oh, it's just you, rolled back over and went to sleep. He was so unimpressed by his presence. Now, let me tell you this. You know he would have felt something. That's what woke him up. He felt the sense of evil in the room. He felt fear in the room. Why? Because that's what Satan is. Satan is the most fearful being in creation. That's why when when he comes in a room, you can sense it. You can sense fear. People will sense fear come in and they'll think, oh, fear's on me. No, you're just sensing him. That's not you. That's not your fear. God's not giving you the spirit of fear. That's his fear. Keep it with him. Don't be, don't be impressed because you feel what he has. He, what he is, he is fear. Amen. And so I so appreciate that Smith Wigglesworth was so skilled in his authority, so settled in his authority that uh, he was unimpressed by something that was so far beneath him. Amen. We need to quit seeing the devil as large. He is not large. He is so far beneath the the authority that is ours, the positioning that is ours. Amen. Um, Right then, uh, as I was telling that story, I sensed that tangible anointing come into my hand. Well, what is that? That is a manifestation of power. So I want to minister that power to you right where you're at today. What is it that has tried to trouble your life? What is it that's tried to harass your mind? See, when you learn who you are in Christ, you learn to quit yielding to that. But sometimes some people have become entrenched in it because they didn't understand their authority. They didn't have knowledge. They didn't resist as they, as they should have or as they could have. And so they get entrenched. Well, there's help for you. The, the word tells us the anointing will destroy the yoke. 
And so when I was telling that story, I sensed that tangible anointing come in my hand. So I'm going to follow that anointing. And what am I going to do? I'm going to let that power have its way for you. So right where you're at, you may be bound in your mind, harassed with depression, harassed with fear. Now listen, every single Christian, maybe even at some point throughout the day, may have to address fear, may have to address a troubling thought, may have to address a wrong thought. Speak to that thought. I'm not talking to that person, especially now. I'm talking to the person who is entrenched in it. It seems like to them, like their mind is not their mind. They're so harassed. They're so tormented. I tell you what, there's power flowing right now. That's why I can sense it in my hand because I don't want you to be impressed that I sense it. It's just because it's, it's here, it's present, and it's here for you. Not just so I can feel something, but that power is moving in your direction. So right where you're at, that power will come into manifestation when you attach your faith to it. Amen. Believe that there's help for you. So I speak to those of you that are tormented, those of you that are harassed, those that are depressed and oppressed in your mind. I say, Satan, you take your hands off their minds in Jesus' name. You take your defeated hand off of their minds in Jesus' name. They don't belong to you. They belong to Christ. How dare you touch God's property? You take your hand off their mind and your minds be free in Jesus' name. Peace to rise up on the inside of you. The joy of the Lord to rise up on the inside of you. Be free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So what's your part? Your part is say, I take it. I receive my freedom. See, you have to agree. Faith agrees with God. Faith agrees with the word. So right where you're at, just raise up your hands and say, I take it. Thank God I'm free right now. I'm whole right now. My mind is sound right now. And you might say, well, Pastor Nancy, I can still sense it. Don't, don't, be, don't be concerned about what you feel. Remember what Smith Wigglesworth, he didn't care what he felt in that room. Don't be impressed by what you feel. Just turn your attention, your focus on the power of God and the one who has made you free and worship him and praise him. Get your attention on him and off of what's been opposing you. So while you're there, right where you're at, wherever you are, whatever room you're in right now, just raise your hand and say, thank you, I'm free. Thank you that I'm free. And just go throughout the rest of your day, thank you that I'm free. And as you go to sleep, thank you that I'm free. If you wake up in the middle of the night, thank you that I'm free. In the morning, first thing, thank you that I'm free. Amen. Not trying to get free, but coming into agreement that we are free. Amen. Thank God for the anointing. Don't you, don't you value that anointing? Thank God for the anointing. Praise the Lord. Now, I want us to go further into Romans chapter 5. And we're going to read out of verse 17. And again, this is the King James translation. Listen, we have been raised to a seat of authority. Amen. Far above. You know what that means? You are no longer a victim of the enemy. You're not his victim. Now, don't live like his victim. Don't think like his victim. Don't talk like his victim. The difficulty of the Hebrews that God delivered out of Egypt, they were in slavery so long they had a slave mentality. And in that slave mentality, they talked like a slave. They thought like a slave. They did not renew their minds to what God said. What did God say? I have a land. I have given you. It flows with milk and honey. 
Amen. They did not renew their mind to it. They thought that they had to do all the winning. Mm -hmm. God had already said, he said, it's already yours. All you do is show up and God will fight for you. But they didn't renew their mind. They held to a slave mentality. What did they do? They complained. They griped. They complained about Moses. They complained about the lack of food. They complained about the water. They complained about manna when they had manna. God fed them with angel food. And they still complained about that. Why? Because they did not renew their minds. And because they did not agree with God, they were held out of by their own lack of agreement. Hallelujah. I tell you what, we need to agree with God. And they lived like a slave when they owned it all. They just didn't show up for what they owned. Amen. Everything that God's blessed us with, He's made it ours. Show up with your faith. Lay hold of it. You are not a victim. I don't care how you've been pushed around in the past. I don't care how someone has treated you poorly. God has only treated you beautifully. Take, the, take your attention and your focus off how someone else has treated you and focus on the one who has restored you, saved you, rescued you. Amen. And who's working for you. Wrong thinking holds the attention on the wrong thing. And a sound mind holds the attention on the right thing. Now listen, I'm not making making light of what some people have gone through. Some people have gone through such difficult things. Some people have gone through such hard things. I don't make light of that, but I want you to know the power that belongs to you in Christ is far greater than what has come against you. What has tried to hinder your life, harm your life, injure your life. Don't let it cripple your life. Amen. Amen. Choose to let go of that. Choose to lay it aside. Choose to lay aside a way, a victim way of thinking. You're not a victim anymore. And so many people give themselves permission to stay behind in what God has made theirs because of how they've been treated in the past. But I tell you what, the way God treats you today and has treated you all along the way lifts you. Amen. You're no longer pushed down pushed under. No sense in having a poor self-image when you've been raised. Amen. You belong to him. Find out who you are in him and you'll run out a bad self-image. You'll run out a feeling of, of condemnation, a sense of condemnation. You'll run out a sense of guilt and shame when you find out who you are. Amen. When you sense guilt and shame, what's that a sign of? I need to further renew my mind with who I am in Christ. I don't need to get rid of the guilt and shame. I need to leave it behind. I need to go further into who I am in Christ and who I am in Christ will wash all of that sense of shame and guilt and condemnation out of my life. Amen. Listen, we don't have to live bound by anything, by wrong thinking. Listen, condemnation is wrong thinking. It'll make your mind unsound if you yield to it. Uh, the renewed mind recognizes there is no, no more condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Uh, a renewed mind refuses to yield to shame. 
Why? Because any place I've missed, it's under the blood. And I'm going to leave it under the blood. And I'm not going to talk about it. When you talk about the past, it brings it to the present. Leave it in the past. Leave it under the blood. The blood of Jesus washes it away, annihilates it, gets, gets rid of it. Don't drag it back up out of the past and bring it into your present. Quit talking about it. Quit thinking about it. And we're authorized to leave it under the blood that cleanses it away. Amen. I tell you what, before we go any further, I just want to pray for those of you who may not even be born again. Maybe your mind is so harassed and tormented and you say, Pastor Nancy, I want to have the kind of mind you're talking about, one that is not a victim mentality. Listen, when you get born again, he makes you a master in life. He makes you to rule and reign in life. By, you're ruling and reigning over circumstances. Circumstances aren't pushing you around. So right where you're at, I want you to do this. I want you to pray a prayer with me because I'm going to pray with you. I want you to repeat these words after me, but let your heart agree. You know, I was raised in a precious church, a denominational church, but we didn't know anything about being born again. We didn't even know how to be born again. We thought because we attended church, we were born again. And we weren't born again. We thought because we loved God, we were born again. We thought that made us a Christian. That's not what makes you a Christian. The Word says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. So we want to give you that opportunity right now where you're at. Say this with me. Say, Father, I believe that Jesus died to pay the price for my sin and that I could be brought back into right fellowship with you. Jesus, I receive the price you paid. I receive you as my Lord. I receive you as my Savior. Therefore, I am now a child of God. I'm a new creature in Christ. I have a brand new start. The old is done and passed away, but all things are made new. Father, I thank you that you're now my father. Jesus, you're now my Lord. You're now my Savior. I belong to you. Amen. Listen, I'm so grateful that you've joined with us today. We've been teaching out of this book, A Sound Disciplined Mind, and we want you to get hold of your copy. And uh, you can go to defrainministries.org and you can receive your copy from us and let us know that you want to purchase that and we'll get it right to you. It'll be a blessing to you. But I want to encourage you also, if you're not already, pray about becoming a partner with Kenneth Copeland Ministries. They have given us, they've sowed us the airtime so that we can be with you today. And when you become a partner with them, you help us go further and you help ministries like this come into other people's home who need help. So until we see you next time, we say this, remember, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Fredonia, New York at Family Church Fredonia, August 14th through the 18th. Come expecting your miracle. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. God offers you His thoughts. Take them. This life-changing book by Nancy Dufresne, A Sound Disciplined Mind, will instruct you on how to do that. God's Word will reach into your everyday life, transforming it. 
It will lift you from the commonplace into the supernatural. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.